everybody, and welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. Yeah, I'm Joey Pasco, and joined as very infrequently by Big Head <laughs> I think we're gonna have way too much fun with this. <laughs> I think so too. It's been a while. It has. Uh, last episode was, I believe, September, and uh, we had we had Mike Flores on that one. Uh, it was just before the release of the official Miser's Guide. Uh, but this episode, it's just Joe and I, and uh, Joe texted me last week and said he wanted to talk about magic and record it. So I thought, well, let's start a podcast. <laughs> and then we were like, well, well, you know, what kind of name could we come up with? And like Joey was like, you know... Uh, Yo MTG raps, you know, and then I was like, dude, Yo MTG taps, and here we are. Yeah, that was like four years ago, actually, that part. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, I, I think I think we, uh, we're just going to talk some magic, just like old times, um, but first I want to know, what have you been up to? I, I want, well, I kind of know, but I, I want everybody else to know what has Big Head Joe been up to. Sure. So, okay, September was the last time we recorded, so you all probably know by now that I'm living in Dallas um, and all that good stuff. I had pretty much, I had, was barely playing Magic at that point. I may have already sold my cards when we recorded that episode, I don't remember, but mm-hmm. I sold all my cards, um, except for a few. I still have my uh, Klug Altar by Eric Klug um, of... <laughs> <laughs> of uh the garrick and i have a set of foil bestial menaces um and uh but i i've anyway that's a really funny choice of cards to keep i mean not the the altar but <laughs> like i've got this and four, four foil uncommons from what world wakers yeah. like that isn't even you know a a defining fun- card or anything yeah, it is. It's a defining card for me in sure. terms of, like, uh, silliness. Yeah, I, I know you're a big fan of that card. I just think Roar! I'm a normal-looking elephant! No, but, um... <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, go ahead. Okay, you sold okay. all your cards except for five. Sold some cards. Um, I was working at Barnes & Noble for a long time. Uh, they cut my... Hours so they wouldn't have to give me healthcare benefits. So that's pretty rad. Uh, so I um, left and um, you refuse I, to read anymore. I'm, I'm on a reading ban. Actually, right now I'm reading Time Traveler's Wife, which I've never read. So, and I know that was one you really liked. Yes, I did. Um, I did just start reading that. Um, anyway, so now I'm working at a toy store in Dallas called Froggy's Five and Ten. Uh, cheap plug there. Anyone who has never been to Froggy's, come in. We've got everything from like little kids' toys to like fart bombs and fart spray and you know magic tricks and stuff like that. It's a cool store. It's 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 where I belong in terms of like retail jobs. Like it's perfect. Um, and I actually just started uh, TOing again. Uh, I'm tournament organizer for a new store in Dallas called Common Ground Games. Um, and it's actually in Dallas. That's the thing that has been missing from Dallas for a long time, other than SCG Dallas, is um, the <laughs> our, uh, stores within the city limits. Like, all the stores are, like, outside of 635, which is a highway that kind of is a 
you know, border between the city and the suburbs. They're all kind of around the suburbs, just outside of the city. But this is dead center in the city of Dallas. And uh, it's really exciting. They've been open for about a month, and I've been TOing there for as long. And um, it's been great. Like, we had, you know, enough people in our first draft uh, for Friday nights to split into two pods. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's good. Like, you know, like we're already off on the right foot. Once the word spreads, I'm sure it'll be even bigger. And there's plenty of space. The store's just for games. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's a comic book shop called Zeus right next door. And those guys are in an arrangement where they're not stepping on each other's toes. It's a really cool setup, you know? That's awesome. And the coolest thing is that my store only shares, like, two products between uh, between common ground and froggies so like we can cross promote that way you know there's lots of cool ways for us to manage things but um you know uh, it's pretty exciting if y'all are ever in the dallas area which you won't be if you ever go to scg dallas uh (laughs) sure you um stop by and uh play some magic and come say hi uh but anyway it's called common ground games two cheap plugs to start the podcast um and uh, another little tiny piece of news that i'd like to share with y'all Hold on one second. He, he wants us to hold on. All right. That's the news. I hope it's, this isn't visual. No, it was my cat <laughs> climbing the air conditioning unit. Um, <laughs> that's the news? No. That, <laughs> breaking news at this hour. My cat is climbing my air conditioner. Uh, my life is really exciting now. Um, so uh, me and my fiance Katie, are getting married in November. And uh, that's going to be awesome. We're getting married at strokers in dallas it's a biker bar uh and uh despite neither one of us drinking um (laughs) (laughs) or having motorcycles or having motorcycles but katie is the marketing manager there so uh so she definitely is in with that place um and i may or may not be coming out to uh rick flair's entrance music uh so (laughs) It's going to be pretty cool. Um, luchador masks have been ruled out, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, I mean, I think, you know, anybody that's listening is very likely to know what I've been up to. I've been, uh, of course, being uh, one of one third of the hosts of the In Contention podcast and then doing SCG Live occasionally. So uh, you guys are all probably aware of that. What um, else? Uh, I don't know. Is, is are you trying to get something out of me that I'm forgetting about? No. <laughs> uh, uh, I just, like, what have you been up to outside of the magic stuff? No, oh, lots of uh, photography stuff. Been shooting film. Cool. Uh, yeah. For, for the past year, that's uh, I kind of I've been I've been into photography for like ten years. Most people, I think are kind of aware of that. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, it's been about 13 years. Uh, um, but uh, I was always shooting digitally, or almost always shooting digitally, except for like, you know, one little stint in 2003 or something where I shot film, but decided to try to go back to film again. And I actually am having more fun shooting black and white film and processing it in my kitchen than I, I ever have shooting, uh, shooting digital. So that's so cool. And I, I actually got a Lomography camera, uh, from my work as well. And I, oddly enough, uh, bought some film the other day after discussing it with Joey and I've, <laughs> I'm 
messing around with that now too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, let, let me know how uh, that turns out, but we'll, we'll talk about that another time, probably not on a magic podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is not a Lomography podcast. No. This is a magic podcast. Tis. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I you know we're we're heading into summertime. I mean, I guess it's not officially summer for like another ten days or something. I don't know, but uh, but always the summer brings the the core set. So I think uh, that's something we can talk about. Yeah, M fourteen stuff. Well, the funny thing is, I think, and I mentioned this on uh, in contention actually was uh, a couple weeks ago. I get a text from Joe. Saying, uh, what was it? Is is Grim? What was it? Grim Encore or Grim Return? Isn't Grim Return insane? Or am I wrong? Or is Grim Return insane? And I'm like, what's Grim Return? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, why am I reading magic cards to you? <laughs> so apparently, you were just up on the spoilers. I, I just hadn't been looking for M14 spoilers at that point. This is like middle of May, uh, and. We've got kind of a ton of cards. I mean, the set comes out in about a month. I think, uh, you know, pre-releases like the around the 10th of July, like the weekend closest to the 10th of July. Usually that's around when, uh, when 13th it comes to out. 14th is the pre-release. The okay, release there we go. July 19th. Okay, okay. So there we go. Uh, thank you for having the actual date. <laughs> um, oh, man. We're like, we're like a month, over a month away and we've got... Uh, I mean, I'm looking at mythicspoiler.com, and there are 153 out of 249 cards listed here. I'm looking at gatheringmagic.com. <clears throat> Plug for both of those sites. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what were you? Were you just uh, reacting to a certain card? I was just reacting to the return of Shivan Dragon. Woo! <laughs> they should really go back to the old artwork. That would be really interesting. Just random <laughs> Melissa Benson, I believe. Or was it Heather Hudson? I can't even remember. Oh, wow. It's, it's included in one of the M14 demo decks. That's really interesting. Yeah, I know they uh, they released a commercial the other day for the uh, for the Duels of the Planeswalkers. And I, you know, they kind of just incorporate Duels of the Planeswalkers with... Uh, with the core set kind of all the time. Um, I didn't actually watch the commercial yet. I think it was yesterday. They just released it. So, uh, but I think that's where some of the people, some people are getting some of the spoilers, uh, like just quick screenshot kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about grim return because that was the card that you, you mentioned so. Why don't you go ahead and talk about Grim Return? Yeah, so Grim Return. It's a rare. It's a instant. It's a black and two. Mm-hmm. Choose target creature card in a graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn. Put that card onto the battlefield under your control. Now, now, am I losing my mind, or is that like ridiculous? Is that like better than Zombify? Better than like most of the like graveyard recursion that we've had in a long time uh well unburial rights is pretty huge and the fact that it's got flashback is kind of huge too um so but, but even that one is like what is it is that an instant no it's sorcery speed it's a sorcery and it's like five to cast or four to flashback right right this one's three i mean like especially in like maybe like a blue black control deck that has lots of removal or counters well it wouldn't work for a card that's countered uh, and then that's the one stipulation is it has to be put to the graveyard that turn right you know but still like you know someone plays some huge bomb and then you 
wipe the board and then grim return it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it just seems like a really like for the casting cost and for the instant speed, like it just, and for either graveyard, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like, Holy crap. Like seriously? Like I just, I just saw that card and I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's weird because like, it's kind of, um, it's an awesome card. You know, the effect that it has is obviously awesome. Instant speed, cheap way to reanimate something from either graveyard. Uh, Unburial Rites only targets your own graveyard, by the way. Uh, so that's another plus on the, the grim return side of things. But it's kind of a... Um, it, it could be a significant hoop to jump through, I think. Um, yeah. Because you, you got to think, how did it go to the graveyard? Like, did you already have a bigger guy or a big guy that, you know, traded with it? Or did you like somehow kill it? So you're, you're at a point where you're like, okay, I'm using some sort of removal. I mean, I'm not saying this is bad, but you know, I'll doom blade your guy and then grim return it. Like, that's cool. You use two cards. You did end up with killing theirs and getting, getting one. Doomblade right. and Grim Return. Oh my! So you think Mono Black Control gonna be a thing again? <laughs> not, not in a core set following Return to Ravnica block. Although I, you know, certainly respect anybody who tries. Could, could it be time? <laughs> it's always time. It's it's simultaneously always and never time for Mono Black Control. Um, but no, no. It, I think Grim Return is is going to be really good. Um, depending on how your deck is able to jump through that hoop. You know, um, if you, you know, you think like, okay, Supreme Verdict, and then I get any other guys that just died, but that's seven mana in the same turn. You know, you're, it, it's a big effect. You look at it and it's, it's three mana, but really it imp- the implied cost is is going to be, you know, whatever. How did you get that guy to the graveyard? You know, um, that said, I guess there's... Um, you know, we've we've got these decks like the Aristocrats in Standard right now that are sacrificing guys, uh, mm-hmm. to, you know, to cartel aristocrat, etc. But the problem with that is they're usually sacrificing like little guys, doomed traveler or spirit tokens, which is obviously obviously doesn't work with at all. Uh, so you're rarely gonna well, get you wanna spend three mana to right. get back a doomed traveler. Right. Give me your doomed traveler, ha ha, gotcha. So <laughs> um, it seems like. Uh, it, there's even the even with you know when you are able to kind of get around that hoop because your opponent decided to put a guy into the graveyard um it's likely that they're not sacrificing a very appealing creature <laughs> to take with a grim return because if it's that appealing they would want to keep it uh the other thing that came to mind though is in modern with evoke hmm Wow, yeah. So, you know, it's it's like you can pay uh you can, you can evoke something and then get it back with the grim return. Now that the the difference though has to be like for, if you're playing against evoke, that's great. Grim returns awesome because you just they just got the effect and then you stole the guy. You know, they mull drifter, which is you know, uh I would say the the first evoke creature that ever comes to anybody's head when you think of that uh, that mechanic. So right. if somebody plays Moldrifter, of course they're gonna they're gonna draw two cards, but you can uh, get the actual Moldrifter. You can get the two cards and the and the creature. Um, the 
problem is, I guess if you are playing evoke guys, now the difference between the evoke cost and the creature's actual mana cost has to be more than three for you to get any value out of Grim Return. Right. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to keep this, I'm going to evoke it. I guess actually you could get double value, though. Like, so you evoke Muldrifter, it dies, then you Grim Return and you get the, uh, get the two cards again. And yeah. keep the card. And it's the same cost as Muldrifter at that point, because Muldrifter is one in a blue to evoke. Uh, I think that sounds right. I'm pretty sure I haven't I evoked think, a Muldrifter in a long well, time. Well, anyway, or it's five to cast, so you're it's spending five, five minutes. It's three to evoke, that's what I think. Oh, okay, okay, so. okay. So you're spending one more mana, you're getting you the get effect twice, cards. and you get to keep the creature, so. Yeah, you get you get two more cards at the cost of one more card, and one right. more mana, right? Because you have to use the Grim Return. But mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting card, and I think it's something to keep an eye on. Um, we Reanimation effects, especially at instant speed, are uh, are something you don't see very often, like Gorio's right. Vengeance was a big one, and of course that sees play in Legacy uh, right, quite a bit that, at this point. And that doesn't even, like, wait, am I thinking that, of the right card? Gorio's Vengeance is only for the for the turn. You, it, you exile the creature. That's exactly right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and of course Shallow Grave, the other one that's seeing a lot of play in Legacy, it's pretty much the same thing as Gorio's Vengeance. Uh, very similar effect. So, instant speed reanimation, that lets you keep the guy. I don't think... I can't even think of something that exists. Is there like I'm trying? You know, reanimation has been around for so long. There's so many. Uh, I'm like looking. There's necromancy, which is an enchantment, but you can cast it as though it had flash. <laughs> so it's like an instant. You know, it's like, like a headache. Yeah, it is. So it's it's the same cost. It's an enchantment that you can cast as though it had flash. Um, if you cast it any time, a sorcery could have been. Couldn't have been cast. The controller of the permanent, it becomes... Sac- All right, never mind. I'm not even going to try to read... Are you seriously going to keep reading this? No, I'm like, not. I'm, like, um, lit- I'm like falling asleep. Um, <laughs> essentially, it's an instant speed animate dead kind of effect. You know, that that's what they were trying to do, I guess, is is be able to enchant... Like, you do animate dead at instant speed. That's what it looks like was the, the plan here with this card that was printed all the way back in Visions... So, uh, anyway, that's Grim Return. That's, you know, one card uh, that obviously stood out to you. Have you, uh, any other cards that are jumping out at you uh, that you want to discuss? <laughs> what do you think? Oh, my God. So, um, possibly the most amazing red card that I've seen printed in a long time like just not maybe not the most amazing red card that's been printed in a long time but it's been a while since we've done this i'm pretty pumped to talk about magic leave me alone um burning earth are you kidding me like i had to look it up to be like seriously it's the same cost as mana barbs are you kidding me burning earth is a red and three it's a rare enchantment Whenever a player taps a non-basic land for mana, Burning Earth deals one damage to that player. Seriously? Like, you're putting that in standard for mono-red players? It's identical. It's identical to Mana Barbs, except except it includes the word non-basic. Thank you. uh, You know, a player tapping a land. So, yeah, uh, I, I think this is an awesome card for... For red mono red sideboards, I mean possibly even main deck. It, I mean if you you're I think dropping this, deck. dropping this into the format right now is uh, 
it, it would just it'd be kind of backbreaking to a lot of decks. I mean, mana it barbs is. by itself is already difficult because like the red decks, typically they, what they would do is just have some uh, some pressure, get some pressure on the board, and then stick the mana barbs and you know make it so that you know anything, even if you were to tap mana to deal with this stuff, uh, you are going to lose a ton of life. Mana barbs has always been a scary card. I know I've beaten a mana barbs. You know, before probably me probably when you. I was I was gonna say yeah. probably when I'm playing it because I'm really bad at playing it. That's the thing <laughs> is that Burning Earth takes the skill out of playing Mana Barbs, which makes me really excited as a skillless player. I'm like, wow! <laughs> so I can just drop this, and then you go, my deck's eight colors. Oh, I hate this game. <laughs> like. And then it's like, oh, I gotta find some enchantment removal. Oh, I need to cast Supreme Verdict to do that. Oh, he's got Skullcrack. Oh, this is terrible. Hate this game. Why did it make red so good again? And then I can just go, I'll tap all my mountains. Yeah. <laughs> they go, for what? Nothing. Manipool empties, end of phase. Go. So, just for the rub-ins. Just for the rub-ins. I'm tapped out, bro. What are you going to do? No, you're going to do anything either? I'll untap. Now I'll play my guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but seriously, like, this card has me really excited because um, I basically quit Standard, and I've basically quit Standard for almost the last year and a half. Um, but I've been starting to think about coming back to standard they're starting to print things that have got me interested like the skull crack and just a couple little things here and there where i'm like red huh i don't want to play any other deck other than red and oh thrag tusk is rotating out cool i'm sure there'll be some other sucky card to ruin standard for me but for now i don't see it and i'm like all right you know let's uh let's maybe start thinking towards building another red deck and playing some standard in the fall. So that's what I'm looking forward to right now is the fall. And, um, you know, will, will Pharos shake up the format enough to create some like one and two color decks? Probably not because the three color decks that are going on right now are pretty good and they're pretty strong and the mana bases are solid enough to support them. So like, you know, there might be some, but if anything, they're going to just strengthen mono red, which is what I'm leaning towards anyway, right? Yeah. So, so that's kind of, you know, if 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 Theros strengthens mono colored decks, they'll strengthen mono red also. I, I see, see what you what, mean. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So, um, so I don't see that really happening. I see that being more like, like things staying kind of where they are in terms of like mana bases because the shocklands are awesome there's no two ways around that the shocklands are great and they create great mana bases and i'm happy to have them back even if i'm a mono player you know what i mean right well the other other thing is you get free shocks out of uh, <laughs> as a mono red player you know like, i'm very happy for the shocklands to be in the format yes um <laughs> speak just on the topic of mono red what did you think of uh, awaken the ancient i think it's pretty cool um i don't know like so let's I'll, yeah let's read that one real fast. Actually. Awaken the ancient. I mean, it got me excited. And actually, when I first when they first spoiled the card, my comment on Star City's Facebook was I just posted a video of the Partridge Family singing "I Think I Love You," but uh, 
<laughs> uh, that was, I just posted that video. Um, so Awaken the Ancient is a rare. It's three red and one. Uh, it's an enchantment. Enchant Mountain. Enchanted Mountain is a 7-7 seven, seven red giant creature with haste. In case you're really bad at magic, it's still a land. Um, yeah, did, what, was the, what, what do you mean in case you're really bad, bad I mean, at magic? if you're going to play the enchantment on a mountain, you just played that <laughs> Okay, turn. that's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah, sure. you know, so like... <laughs> it's just like, just in case you mess this up, See, you can't but like, mess it up. Right, exactly. Unless, um, okay, you can mess it up. You know, you're like, all right, turn four, mountain, tap out, awaken the ancient <laughs> on my tapped mountain, and, and then you it's go, got haste. And you go, end of turn, doom blade, that wasn't Koth's ability, you idiot, I will untap. And so, uh... <laughs> yeah, oops. Because if you, you can tap out for Koth and then do that. Right. But, um... Uh, which I did the other day in a modern tournament. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Playing mono red, I suppose. Playing mono red. Um, I I was running the tournament, so I didn't really want to play too long. But we did a tournament where you pay $5 and each player gets a pack of modern masters. See, that's awesome. Like, Isn't you get that the cool? tournament entry and you basically got the pack cheaper, like discounted pack. Like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I opened a goif. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I sold yeah, it back to the store would. that night for like sixty bucks. Like I know I can get a better deal online or on eBay, but I don't care. I'd rather put it back into the local meta game. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather keep it local. Is it that's um, like the, at least the third goif you've opened? Yeah, you opened so. one in the box of Future Sight that you and I split when Future Sight was a new set. I opened another in five one dollar packs of Future Sight that I bought from uh, GameStop. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You like- that was another five dollar goif. <laughs> yeah, and then this one, which was kind of free, like pretty I much mean, free. Geez, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so um, it was pretty great. So anyway, I played round one um and i won 2-0 but then i just scooped to my opponent and gave them the win and dropped so i could just focus on running the tournament yeah um, and you had already won the tournament i, I had won the tour <laughs> that's exactly what i said i was like she was like are you sure i'm like mary i've already won you have the win good luck <laughs> i was like i have won the tournament it's all good yeah i don't like, even know what was what was first like what was first prize in that tournament I mean, it was more it was, of modern uh, masters. I no, guess, no, because I mean, it was such a good deal in terms of the the thing, like mm-hmm. um, in terms of like the participation yeah. prize. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, top three, I think, were like to get those limited edition deck boxes they were coming out with for modern masters, uh-huh. um, something like that. Um, it's an interesting thing that I've been kind of not battling the store owner Jameson with, but like are over. But, um, so here's the thing. And I want to propose this question to our listeners. If we still have, we we probably might still have listeners. So I want to pose this question to y'all. Would you rather, if you were playing limited formats, would you rather have like a cheap entry fee and and basically have a slim prize payout where you're you know you you pay like maybe 20 bucks for sealed instead of like 30 with prize support would you rather pay 20 for sealed and keep your sealed pool or would you rather pay 30 and have like a top 4 or top 8 
uh, pack payout. Yeah, that's, I mean it's a more high risk, high reward question, right? What do you what do you, what would you rather have? Um, I mean I'm I'm usually more one to like I enjoy the the participation aspect of it rather than like trying to be trying to like win it all and get a whole lot of stuff. So I I like when the the prizes are more when the 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 winning is is smaller the winnings are smaller but the participation prizes i suppose are bigger just because that's i don't know that's what i'm there for to play magic not necessarily to win at magic that that's always nice <laughs> but yeah and you know and it's funny cuz like at first my thinking on it was you know well people like to be paid out packs you know what i mean people yeah. like to to be given something for their efforts you know what i mean but but then again like Doing that, like making the payout more top heavy, mm-hmm. kind of makes things a little more competitive, and and makes people a little more competitive. You know, is more yeah. the thing, and like makes people maybe take it a little more seriously than I personally enjoy, mm-hmm. and worry too much about the standings and splits and all that. Like I just that kind of stuff just trying, drives me nuts. So like I don't know. Like when I going into it and even going into starting this paragraph that I'm saying, I was more into like the idea of payouts for like the top four. But now that I think about it, I'm almost more for like spreading it out and making the entry fee cheaper, um, which is what I was arguing against in the past. Yeah, I don't know. Like I always feel like. And you know what? Maybe that's not a bad thing. I was like, well, you know, if you don't offer enough prizes for the top four, you're not going to get a lot of really competitive players in your store. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like it's a dichotomy. It's a tough thing to call where you're like running the tournaments and you want people to show up and you want people to tell their friends and you want there to be a competitive environment, but you also want it to be fun. Yeah. You know? Well, I think I think the the real heart of the matter I think is that magic is different things to different people and it can be so many different things. Like first it's it's the first ever collectible card game and the first word they're collectible. Some people are just getting the cards to hold on to. You know, they're just collecting them. They don't even play the game. Uh, then you've got people who want to play the game and they all they do all they want to do is play at their kitchen table, you know, or quote-unquote kitchen table and kind of kind of decide their own rules uh we're gonna start with eight cards and draw three every turn and drop all our lands into play on turn one eight three speed mana yeah that was that was an old one that <laughs> i don't know That's that anybody still does play. it that is how we we used to play you know way back in the 90s in ni- like not even the 90s, in 1995, when we first started playing, like the first month or two we were playing, I think that's how it was. Um, you know, you're just making me feel old, and you're just reminding me totally a little off topic, totally a little. Um, <laughs> this guy this guy was uh, at my work yesterday with a Ted Leo in the pharmacist shirt, oh, wow. and I was like, oh, hey, Ted Leo, that's cool, I saw him play... T- Ten years ago, <laughs> like I was like, like trailed off as I said it. I was like, that was ten years ago. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that happens a lot lately to me. Oh, I god. keep like noticing. Anyway, we'll, we'll uh, to 
stay on topic. So we'll get into being old for the rest of our lives. But for now, let's talk about magic. Yes. So every you know, there's people that want to have their house rules, and some people that, that want to play formats like EDH, and some people that want to play very competitively. You know, I I obviously have always leaned towards playing the competitive decks. Um, but at the same time, I've never cared that much about winning. I just wanted to play good decks. I don't re- I don't know where that falls along the spectrum of things because I don't know that I've encountered many people that are the same way that 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 uh, approach the game that way. I mean, I could just totally be wrong, and I don't you know a ton of people do, but. You know, I was always like, I want to look at the Pro Tour results. I want to look at the, you know, all these, what are the best decks? That's what I want to be playing. But do I want to win? No, I just want to have fun. Like, it doesn't right. doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> but the thing, no, but the thing is, though, and I just, the, like, cars immediately came to mind when you said that. It's like, it's like, I like to drive fast. So I bought this busted car that doesn't really work for $50 at a garage sale. No, like, if you just like to drive <laughs> fast cars, you buy yourself a decent fast car and you drive fast. Like, you go, well, I bought, I love to do things like i love to drive so i bought a car that doesn't work like you're gonna gonna love driving very much after a while because you're like this car sucks like i need something that's gonna function that's gonna take me from point a to point b point b being beating me for 17 years and um (laughs) you know like (laughs) i I, you know you just want your car to function and and there are i guess there are different ideas of what functioning is but not when when you have a car (laughs) that yeah i guess is yeah i get the the analogy i think uh so yeah uh, you know i just have fun playing um but Kind of on the topic of, uh, you know, the we, we kind of touched on Modern Masters, and I know you, you brought up uh, in our little show notes about, um, you know, MTG7, uh, which was the yeah. hashtag on Twitter yesterday. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, or it was mon- – what's today? Wednesday? It was yesterday or Monday. Um, <laughs> it was Monday. That's right. Monday. So, so Aaron Forsyth tweeted – that they wanted that, that they were doing an offsite meeting. Wizards of the Coast guys were doing an offsite meeting, and they were planning out the next seven years of Magic. And they wanted to know basically our thoughts, everybody on Twitter, uh, and just use the hashtag MTG7. So I'm sure like tons of people came from, came at it from tons of different angles. The the only thing I think I I tweeted about was the storyline because I think Evan Irwin tweeted about the storyline. He did, yeah. And I agreed with him and that was really all all that I was uh all that I put forth as far as my input. I think it's a shame that the magic storyline has fallen uh by the wayside. It seems like I I loved the storyline in the late 90s reading about Gerard and the Weatherlight and Urza saga like that whole Urza block and then, you know, you get up to the point where it's like Odyssey, which did kind of act as sort of an epilogue to the whole Weatherlight and Urza saga, um, right. but in a in a way that was like a spinoff rather than a continuation of the story. And it was done like it was done great too. Like um, and and just I missed the books like a month before each set. Yeah. Period. 
So I feel like they've just gotten away from that. The books have been pretty awful. I mean, I guess I can't speak to how good or bad the books have been for the past few years because the last one I read was uh, a third of the Zendikar novel and I just gave up because it was awful. Um, it's You're so- trying to cram a whole story into one book, like. <laughs> that sounds well, like that was a yogiism if I ever heard one. It's I like, don't really it's mind. Like they're that. trying to cram a whole story into one book. <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily even mind that part of it. I just want it to be a good story. I want to care about the characters. But anyway, that was what I what I touched on with the MTG Seven. But some other people, um, you, I believe, tweeted it. Uh, Cranny, uh, Matt Cranstuber from uh, from In Contention also uh, tweeted about the reserved list. Um, why don't you go into that since you were the one that yeah. tweeted it? Well, I mean, like, the thing is, like, the reserve list sucks. And and anyone who, like, doesn't own Power 9 or, like, uh, own a ton of legacy cards they've been sitting on for 20 years, anyone who doesn't own those things will agree that the, the reserve list sucks in terms of, like, Building older formats, exposing people to them, making them accessible, giving people the choice. Like, like now people have no choice if they want to play Matt, like play Legacy, unless they want to spend like a couple thousand dollars. And it really gets down to: Do I have a couple thousand dollars? Yes. Okay, you can compete in this format. You know what I mean? It's like now online, it's a different story. But we'll get into that because I have a theory about their online scheme. Not that I'm complaining about Magic Online. I play there more than I do in paper form. But um, like, I think that they're kind of doing these things for a reason. But, like, if you want to go to a legacy tournament, you either have to borrow a deck from somebody who has enough legacy cards to play, to have two legacy decks, because they're obviously, if they have a legacy deck that they've spent a couple thousand dollars on and there's a tournament in their area, they're probably going to be playing legacy. So they need to have another couple thousand dollars to build another legacy deck for you to borrow for that day. Um, And there's no like there's no way to sustain the format without really creating a bunch of a bunch more cards for it basically um and the reserve list is just so crippling to the to legacy especially um well legacy and vintage but vintage is pretty much you know legacy's like older brother that you know still like Lives in his parents' basement. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I, I like. I see what you're going. I, I see what you mean. Like, I think. <laughs> okay, so I have a couple points to make. I. It's pretty well known that at least we don't like the reserved list. We did a whole two and a half hour episode or something. I don't even know if it was two and a half hours, but it was like two hours back in like early 2010 about yeah. the reserved list. Um, but uh, generally, you know, I, I guess I've come to see it slightly differently, even though my opinion hasn't necessarily changed. Um, when, when you go all the way back to the beginning of magic as, you know, as a game, they set themselves up to have to strike this kind of a difficult balance because they, I say they, it was really, I mean, I guess it was Richard Garfield and then, you know, wizards of the coast uh, as the game started. So 
you create a game called a collectible card game, and you're going to make all these cards that want that people want to play with. Your 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 goal is I want to make this game fun. I want tons of people to want to play, but at the same time, it's quote unquote collectible. So it's the more collectible it is, right? Because we want it to be collectible. Uh, the less people are able to play. So you have this thing that you're you actually two goals that work against each other just in the name of the kind of card game you've just created or kind of product you've created well you know they split the difference when they came out with it they figured well people will either play this game or they'll collect the cards you know what i mean like right they're thinking one or the other but what happens is when you get both you get people that want to collect and and Buy the cards and treat them almost as stocks because that's what it's come down to at this point. Yeah. You know, twenty years later, um, you've got people that are holding on to cards for their value, and then other people that just want to play the freaking game and can't get a hold of the cards. Uh, what, no matter what format it is, you know, like I want to play standard, it, green, white, voice of resurgence is how much, right? Like it, it's. Uh, and that's a that's a function of demand, right? That's just like this card is so good that it's you know fifty sixty dollars, um, and you know it, it's not even uh, collectability isn't even the factor there isn't isn't even the main factor there. And obviously, I think a lot of the cards that are the more collectible cards tend to be the ones that are more powerful. Uh, so. Anyway, they, they have to strike this balance where they want to make the game fun. They want it to be appealing to a ton of people, but at the same time, they want it to be collectible. And, you know, the reserved list was, I believe, I, I don't think there's anyone that disagrees that the reserved list was a mistake. But what they did, they followed one quote-unquote mistake, Chronicles, with another mistake. They You know, they tried to correct one by making another. Uh, that At least that was the... As, as I understand it, that was the reason for the reserve list. Chronicles made a lot of people upset because what they did was they took that balance and went, we need, we need to print more of these cards so more people can play. So you they devalued did. my Elder Dragons! Exactly, and that was the reaction from the collector, collectible card game if side. You wanna collect something, side. If you want to collect something, go antiquing. You know, <laughs> we want to play cards. Right, and, and that's that's we, that's our side. And you're you're right on that, but they marketed it as a collectible game. So you can't blame collectors for being collectors of a game that was marketed towards them as much as it was marketed towards us. Uh, So I think it was a mistake. And then, then they introduced the format modern to kind of see if they can sort of create a new legacy format that allows them to uh, kind of just ignore. Make up for the fact that they killed their old, Legacy format? Yeah, kind of. I mean, at least that's that's one of the things. They were also trying to, I think, replace Extended. Um, so that's that's something. Uh, they released Modern Masters, which is in some ways another version of Chronicles, possibly doing it right this time, quote-unquote right this time, uh, where they're going to just make it a limited release. And what that seems at this point, we're not even a week into Modern Masters being available, the card prices don't seem to have been affected at all. So, uh, in a w- like, I guess I don't know what their... It depends on what exactly their goal is, because they're, they're putting more cards into the format, so I guess that means more people have access to these cards that 
otherwise wouldn't, and they're doing it at the same time as they are keeping the price, they're maintaining the value of, of the cards. Like, I don't think many, if any, if, if, uh, if at all, like, I don't think any prices have really dropped. Um, maintaining the value of our cards by destroying MSRP. But, well, um, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's another story because the cards, they, see, they, when, go ahead. see, I feel like released modern masters is a little too generous. See, I feel like wizards distribution centers must have an enlarged prostate because, <laughs> um, when I think of released, I think of like urinating, right? And like just to try to keep this as clean as possible, <laughs> that, right? So I, I think, think of, of like, released. so I think of like, you know, if they like, it's like, oh, oh you really got to go. Here it is, Modern Masters, you know, like, no, 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 no. It was like, oh, ma, dirt, ma, it's not coming out. Mm. <laughs> Like, come on, come on. Like, running water, running water, running water. No! Like, it just won't, like... So, Modern Masters kind of trickled out a little bit. Um, but it hasn't been fully released, I don't feel. Or, or maybe there just wasn't wasn't much there to release to start it's with. It's because they didn't print it. They're like, yeah, we'll show you guys. Yeah, like I don't know. This uh, it makes me mad. Like so everyone's like, oh, Star City Games. And by the way, we don't even know if this podcast is going to be on Star City Games. So I'm defending them because I feel it's right. Um, you know, like oh, Star City Games, you're jacking the price of Modern Masters up. It's like we're the biggest card store in the world and they gave us 12 boxes. What did you expect us to do? You know what I mean? Like they gave it, they were like, here's your modern masters. We got this little guy to carry it over for you. I'm five. Here are your 12 boxes. You know, like, like he carried those 50 miles and didn't get tired. This is your entire stock. Like, and it's like, hold on. But there are 3000 freaking people that want it right now. It's like, there are these 12 boxes they could pick from if you you get to eight of them together and then you have eight times as many people and you can each draft once. <laughs> it's like if you want to put a set out, dude, put it out. Like, Don't be like, we've got this set. It's called Modern Masters. It's the coolest draft format we've ever come up with. Only three of you get to use it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> choose which three and kill the rest like <laughs> seriously like put it out like i mean and then so then the blame is getting shoved solely on you know the retailers you know it's like well you're not selling modern masters it's like yeah we don't have any to sell like they won't give us any like you y'all have carta mundi just hit print for christ's sake you know like like we have we are we found a way to to save the the game from the terrors of the reserve list we created it's called modern masters we printed five <laughs> copies of every card that'll show you that'll really expand the modern format and make it more accessible for players what like okay so then so then here's the other thing okay so they're like and and don't get me wrong this is this is brilliant marketing for one and it's also very good business on wizards part on the opposite side of the modern masters coin they've reduced the price of modern masters drafts on mtgo so the price was originally 30 dollars or 30 tickets or 9 tickets plus product 
right? Mm-hmm. And I guess people complained. I'm ass- I didn't see it, but I'm assuming they're Magic players. So they were complaining online. <laughs> people complain about everything. I'm just saying. Yes, they do. Magic players are guilty too. Um, so uh, and then Wizards went. All right, fine. So they reduced the price to twenty five dollars. Or 25 tickets and four tickets plus product, which is great. And I'm going to vote with my wallet on that. I mean, I think that's great. And I'm going to be drafting Modern Masters online. But here's the problem. Not everyone plays Magic Online, you know? Mm-hmm. Legacy is accessible on Magic Online. I have a mono, mono Red Legacy deck online. Not like it would be more than $50 in paper, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, The cheapest Legacy deck in paper. Maybe online. when... You know, maybe when the deck cheaper. is actually viable against two thousand dollar decks, the people price play burn. Ten bucks. People, people play burn still, like all the time. Oh you yeah, they play, play it. Yeah, they play it. They're also wearing capes and they keep track of their life with dice. But um, <laughs> no, no, we had a kid uh, on on Sunday playing in his first legacy event ever, and he was five and zero with a burn. He ended up losing the the camera match, but barely. Uh, but the deck is definitely playable still in Legacy. I mean, ask Patrick what? Sullivan. Have you ever heard of that book, What Color Is Your Parachute? No. It's like a job interview <laughs> guide. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask you what color was his cape. <laughs> no, he wasn't wearing a cape. Hey, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. just look kidding. At, look at, like, Patrick Sullivan is... is... I play mono-red in every format, and I have no capes, and I keep my life total with pen and paper. Okay, but it's just a funny. It's how people perceive mono red players. I know. I can't know. deny it. I just. But, I, um, my point was, mono red burn is definitely playable in Legacy. That's all. It's playable. You can sleeve it up, and, and it's playable, and it can win in Legacy. Seven. It you know it doesn't. It depends. It, anyway, go on with mono your point. white slivers is playable in Legacy, but a um, mono white deck made the finals of legacy the other day <laughs> slivers no it wasn't slivers <laughs> go so ahead, anyway go ahead, go anyway ahead. anyway so you know legacy is there's no uh reserve list on magic online legacy is accessible and affordable for the most part or way more than it is in paper modern masters is way more available uh in unlimited availability for the month you're going to be able to draft it online um and it's way cheaper than even buying it in person now so like they're really smart they want to get people a magic online and you know i'm already there so it's all good but like i really feel like or it leads me to question, are they kind of, you know, to the detriment of paper magic, pushing magic online kind of, you know, through these uh, other channels, like, or through, like, making things scarce in paper? You know what I mean? Are they trying to drive people to online to maybe down the road, seven, MTG seven, seven years down the road, maybe do away with paper magic altogether. Yeah, I can't imagine they would do that. At least not seven years down the road. Um, 30 years down the road, maybe. <laughs> it would be at least more, uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine they would ever want to kill paper magic uh, at, like, at all. Of course they want people to be playing online. And, you, I mean, ideally... Uh, well, for them, obviously, if they can create a a product 
Uh, and I'm, I don't mean like card set wise. I mean like the interface and the you know how good is Magic Online as a product itself that you know that is stable and works well and you know because there's a lot of issues that I hear about with Magic Online. In fact, you know PTQs crashing and things like that. Like that's awful. And obviously they know it's awful too. They don't want it to happen. Uh, but what I, I guess I'm. Trying to figure out what I'm trying to say here. I don't think they'll ever try to kill Paper Magic. In fact, I think the game really... Online, you lose a lot of the appeal. Uh, part of the fun of, of playing Magic is to interact with people. You know, like you're hanging out with your friends or, you know, uh, new friends. You're making new friends or new acquaintances and you get to hang out with actual people rather than just sitting online playing against, you know... R seven three four nine six four eight, you know, random screen name. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody right. bashed the keyboard. You know, like I, I don't know the. It just isn't that that part of it isn't there, and I, I realize like for me that's a huge part of it. Like I tried to get into online. There's a number of issues that I had with it. Uh, probably the primary, yeah, primarily. The fact that I had to have two collections—that's something that I, I couldn't reconcile for ten years. When Magic, or I, I guess it was like eight years, Magic Online was around, and I didn't even touch it because I was like, I don't want to have two collections. Then I decided, you know what? I can do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. And then I did it, and I hated it because I was, I was sitting there playing with my computer and not with my friends. Uh, right. I didn't really enjoy it, so I, I just, I found that it wasn't a matter of like I hate this. It was like, okay, I'm doing this. And then two weeks would go by and I'd be like, I haven't even turned on Magic Online. You know, like, I, I haven't even played it. I bought this deck. Now the deck isn't even viable. I need to buy more cards to, to modify it to to keep it up with the metagame. Oh, a new set comes out in two weeks. I'm going to need to buy those cards too. Like, this sucks. I need to buy these in regular and, you know, in paper and online. And a, it's just, it didn't draw me to it. Like, I didn't like, uh, I didn't like it anywhere near as much as I enjoy playing meeting up with people in person to play magic. So sure. I, um, I don't think they'll ever, ever kill that, but I think that they, uh, they want to make it appealing still. So yeah, like you said, unlimited for the month that it's available, you can, you can get on there and get modern masters as much as, you know, draft it as much as you want. Right. And I think that's cool. I know I'm not, I'm not denying that that's a really cool thing, but, um, and I'm not, I'm not exactly saying. I'm just giving a what if scenario. You know, I don't think that maybe that that's a super secret plot or anything, right? Um, or at least if it was, it's not anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, more and more. I mean, it just seems like th- things are being pushed online, and that's not just magic. That's everything. Um, and I'm not exactly for that happening, mm-hmm. but. You know, I mean, like the Xbox One to get into something that's going to make Noyan shake his fist at his computer. Um, like the Xbox One, it checks if you're online every 24 hours. And if you're not online, it like you can't access your games until you reestablish a connection. You know, and like that's just it's just weird the way things are going that way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, oh, my, my point of all this, I could go rant and rant, rant. But like if they want to sustain paper magic and especially older formats it's easy to sustain standard just put out a new set every couple months like they do you know mm-hmm. but if they want to sustain older formats 
they've got to do something about it. You know, they've got to do away with the reserve list. They've got to, like, do something, you know? Yeah, make those collectors upset. We won't play your game that we don't play anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all right. You know, like, I'm sorry. You know, like, whatever, you know? And, and it, it's, it's interesting, too, like, and this isn't something that I thought of, uh, but someone, I believe brought this up way back three years ago when we did our reserve list episode and I'm, I remembered it that, uh, there's something to be said for having a luxury version of your product. You know, like it's a, it's kind of legacy might just be the luxury car, you know, like it, no, you can't get into it if you don't have the money for it. That's our luxury option. If you want the standard option, we have one called standard and you can just get packs and play them in a deck. Like that's how it works. And that's, I feel like, you know what? That's, that I don't have an argument for that. <laughs> no, that's no, you're right, and that's actually a pretty decent point. Um, but like, but again, like, then forget about the legacy talk. You know, let legacy be what it is as it is. Um, if you're gonna try to put out a set that sustains and expands the audience uh, for modern, like, put it out. Yeah. You know, like, release it. Like, don't just go, here it is. Uh, here is your meal, sir. This is a pea. Enjoy <laughs> your pea. You know what I mean? Like, So you've brought up two different kinds of pea in the discussion of <laughs> modern masters. And so I far. didn't even mean that to connect. <laughs> I didn't even mean for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. You know what? I don't even know what to say. You know what? If it happens again, I'm going to feel like Wizards is R. Kelly. But, um... <laughs> so, no, I totally agree with you. I feel like uh, they... Modern Masters as an idea of a... If the idea of it was, let's put more cards out there and get more... You know, make these cards more available. And by available, like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, is... Not seeing anyone... That's not what I meant. Uh, by available, does that mean it's cheaper? Because if if I can go online, but say that Modern Masters doesn't exist, and I can go on- online and buy Tarmogoy for you know hundred bucks or hundred twenty bucks, whatever. Like now, Modern Masters is out, and it's now it's more available. So now I can go online and buy Tarmogoy for hundred twenty bucks. Like, did that change? Like, what what actually happened there? Like, what it, Tarmogoy was available for hundred twenty bucks before Modern Masters. So why? Uh, how does this set make it more available? I think the the implied goal is to make the cards more uh, affordable, not available. At least that's what it felt like they were trying to do with Modern Masters. At least that's what I wanted it to be. Maybe it was just wishful thinking, <laughs> but well, I, I, I it doesn't even affect me. I ha- like I look at Modern Masters and I'm like, that's cool art on Vidalkin Shackles. I want that. I like right. the old art better, but I think this new art's pretty cool. And Vidalkin Shackles, one of my favorite cards ever. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get some of those. Um, but I Bridge have all the below. cards. Bridge from Below might have the best art I've seen on a Magic card in a long time. That's funny. I actually hate it. Really? <laughs> I, I discussed it with uh, with Ruben and Adam Prosak uh, this weekend. Just it looks like. It doesn't. It, you can't even tell what it is. It's like somebody went, "Okay, here's this black construction paper and some purple paint. Just smear it around there. There you go. Bridge from below. Like that's what it is." Um, 
more it's, like bridge from blows. Exactly. So the <laughs> the uh, the thing about Modern Masters, it, I'm I don't even have a stake in the fact that you know whether or not these cards are more available. As far as me being able to acquire the cards because I have them all from when they were in standard. Right. Uh, I don't have any, I, and it, I'm sitting here advocating putting more out there to make the prices cheaper. Yet I own a lot of these cards that will lose value. Like that's not. A problem but, for me. But here's the know? other thing. See, here's the thing is that you say that you thought that they were releasing it to make it more affordable. I think they were releasing Modern Masters to have this cool set people could draft that by default would also make the cards more affordable. But you can't even do that because there's not enough of it to draft. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is it's like – like you – all of the implied goals of this set haven't been met because there isn't there aren't cards to draft because there aren't there isn't any product the cards aren't cheaper because there isn't any product the cards aren't more accessible because there isn't any product yeah you know it's like <laughs> it's like we're releasing a a foil set of power 9 wow that goes against the reserve list. No, it doesn't because we're putting zero of them out. Like, <laughs> but you said you're releasing it. Yeah, we did. Look at these art. Look at the artwork. Isn't it look cool? Yeah. Where can I get some? You can't. It doesn't exist. We didn't put it out. But you said you're putting it out. <laughs> but we don't have it. But I want a set. Well, that's too bad. I just have to not have it. You just look at the art. Look, it's online. You can sell the art. So obviously we uh, – there's a huge Modern Masters event coming up. One – like they they I think announced it the same day they announced the uh, the set. It, it The set itself back I think uh, one of the, the – I guess it was Pro Tour Return to Ravnica I'm pretty sure. Sometime last late last year when they announced Modern Masters. But Grand Prix Vegas coming up potentially at this point has the uh, – there's a possibility that this is going to be the largest Magic tournament ever. Uh, and there's obviously everybody that enters is going to be able to play. And I mean, so that's going to be, you know, that, that, that seems like a pretty big deal. Um, I'm not necessarily oh. presenting this as an argument or, Say, just or because, anything. I'm just if, saying if that, they don't want magic, if they don't want magic to be gambling, how come the only place you can play modern masters is in Las Vegas? <laughs> I don't think the gambling part has anything to do with it, but uh, I, I just wanted to mention it because that's something that's big that's coming up. And I think uh, if for some reason, if if you haven't, obviously everybody's heard about it. If you hadn't heard about it, you are not listening to us. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you want to play, I guess if you can make it to Vegas, that's something that seems like you could you could do. Uh, you know, I don't know. The numbers, as far as availability is concerned, I know that. Well, for one thing, they never release their actual print run numbers, uh, or not specifics anyway. So, I don't know exactly how available or unavailable it is. But if you do get a chance to draft it, you know, I I, I say just do it if you can, if you can afford it and you have the opportunity. But yeah, you can't you can't expect to be able to do it very many times. Unfortunately, I wish they would have printed more. Me too. So, uh, we've been going for about an hour. 
anything else we wanted to talk about? I know, uh, I think we ran through most of the, the notes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. other than, like, trying to figure out standard, like, a standard deck for the future, I mean... I, I mean, just with that with that enchantment, I think that doing Boros or Rakdos could both be doable. Mm-hmm. You know, with that enchantment, uh, that's like a mana mana bars. Can't remember the name of it already. Burning um, something. Burning something. Um, <laughs> Hold on, I have it. I have the page up here. Burning Earth. That's it. Yeah. So, but you know, that's that's whatever. You know, I mean, we'll see what happens in the future. But I think that like Boros or Rakdos could be doable with it. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, sorry, I'm like to- completely thrown off. I got a text that just totally threw me off. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry. No uh, but, um, uh, okay. Cool. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> No, I, I think the the thing about Burning Earth, though, you have to keep in mind in those kind of decks, is that it costs four, which is like the top of your curve. Um, which so. is why Awaken the Ancients doesn't seem that viable to me. Right, right, right. Because you need five for it to really be useful, and by then, hopefully, your opponent's dead. Right. You know what I mean? I think, like, two Burning Earth at the top of your curve is a good thing for any red deck. But I'm saying if you've got to cast spells after that, they're going to deal take a lot more damage than you. Right. Um, if you're playing like Boros or Rakdos, but anyway. Yeah, I think, you know, if you can get off to a quick start, which is obviously the goal of the deck, then, then follow up with Burning Earth while still having some pressure on the table. Uh, and if you're able to just get them down reasonably low, anything they do to, uh, to try to deal with your threats or to just come, get back into the game is going to cost them a lot of life and then you know if they're not already in burn range you're severely gonna you're gonna choke them you know out of their mana they can't cast the spells they want i can tap five for a thrag tusk but i lose four before i gain five or something like that um you know that's doesn't really it's not nearly as appealing especially if you're at four you know so uh i think it's something that could be considered in in those style decks we'll see what actually happens um we've got just over a month before that's legal and standard. Um, oh, quickly, what did you think of the new uh, legend rule stuff? Because we we haven't talked about it. We kind of saw it coming for a while, right? Like, I mean, it's not really that big of a surprise. Like, kind of knew they were going to do something along those lines. Um, I, I had just, no idea. I was kind of surprised. I was like, mm, really? I mean, I, do? I don't know why I thought that. I can't remember what I figured that that's what was going to happen. Um, because they had been talking about doing something with it for a little while. Like, Legend Rule is kind of something we wish we could change, and I was like, well, they're probably going to change it then at some point, because if it's not the reserve list, they feel like they can change it at will. Um, I, it's fine. Yeah. You get a Planeswalker, you get a Planeswalker, everyone gets a Planeswalker. It's Oprah, it's Oprah Syndrome. <laughs> um, but uh, it's cool. I mean, I, I think it's fine. Like, I don't... So you don't, yeah. I, I just was curious if you had any thoughts that were like, you know, like uh, wildly one direction or another. You know, I think no, pretty much I the same as me. Like, it's it, we'll see what happens. I think it's interesting. I'm kind of waiting to see how it works, like how things play out. Right. I mean, that's um, it makes uh, it makes heroes demise a little more useful. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't use your plane, you can't use your legendary key creature to kill their legendary creature anymore. So 
Hero's Demise kills legendary creatures, so sure. there's, there's something. There it is. It's in modern. Not in modern masters, I don't think. <laughs> right. But it's in modern. Just as a reminder, since we used to do this, and why not, uh, upcoming events, we have Grand Prix Houston, which is returned to Ravnica Block Sealed this weekend, but if you're more of a constructed event like we are, or at least like I am, uh, Star City is in Columbus this weekend, the Star City Open Series, um, and uh, that's that's going to be pretty cool. I know Ruben is going to be there. I don't know if he's playing or he's doing the sideboard. I think he's doing the sideboard uh, coverage. Um, I think Matt Cranstuber will also be there, The my other uh, two co-hosts of the In Contention podcast. Um, and then next weekend, of course, we already mentioned Grand Prix Vegas is Modern Masters. Grand Prix Bangkok is Return to Ravnica Block Sealed. Uh, and more importantly, at least for me, uh, <laughs> Star City Games Open Series comes to Philadelphia. I'll be there doing coverage with Matthias Hunt and Glenn Jones in the sideboard. Uh, and then Grand Prix Miami, the real big event coming up at the end of the month. Star City Games running that one, and uh, that's going to be nuts. Greg Staples making his first U.S. Magic event appearance. And, ever? Uh, yeah, ever. Isn't that huh. insane? Uh, Holy crap. <laughs> I know. He's been doing cards for years, and he's just never come to a U.S. Magic event. Um, so pretty insane. Um, Zoltan Boros and Eric Deschamps, two other Magic artists that are going to be there. The, the new Star City tokens are coming out uh, that weekend, which is like Cedric, Reed Duke, Sam Black, Todd Anderson, and uh, somebody else that I'm apparently forgetting, unfortunately. Not Joey Pasco. No, not me. I have my In Contention token. Uh, so that that's awesome. I think, um, you know, those the artwork on those is really cool, too, the Kristen Plusko artwork. Uh, so... Anyway, if you're going to GP Miami, you should uh, certainly try to get there on Friday so you can do like the meet and greet stuff and get the tokens and get them signed and all that cool stuff. So that's going to be awesome. So we've got an exciting month ahead, and then that's just going to be followed by, uh, by well, July. I got... <laughs> which, which has, like, the core set. You know, July's got some stuff happening. Yeah. Um, I got invited to Grand Prix Houston because uh, one of our players is going down there. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that'd be great and all uh, if I don't want to have a second anniversary because my one-year anniversary is this Saturday. <laughs> I was like, hey, that'd be a great... Hey, baby, happy anniversary. I'm going to Houston to play Magic. I'd be like, yeah, well, don't come back. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, that could be the absolute worst possible weekend for the Grand Prix to be. Um, So that event is coming up. And then upcoming events for me. um, Next Friday, the uh, 21st, I will be in Baltimore to watch Japan Droids play at the Auto Bar, followed by the Best in the Ring of Honor's Best in the World 2013 pay-per-view, which I'll be in the second row for. And uh, Sunday's Ring of Honor TV tapings, which I'll also be in the second row for. Uh, so those upcoming events are uh, pretty exciting, too. Um, Ring, of, is Ring of Honor, is that one of the artifacts in the core set where you gain the life if you play? Yeah, color? yeah. Yeah, it's if you're um, if white, you're, I guess. Yeah, if it, it, during your upkeep, if it's equipped to a white creature, you yeah. put a plus one plus one counter on it, and um, so equipped creature has protection from steel chair shots. Got it. Well, then, because we have no idea when the next time will be, until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. 
Stop bitching, start brewing. We are